Welcome to the Locala Podcast. This is episode 23. But she learned to forgive them. And she went all over the world telling her story and helping other people to forgive others. And that's every one of my characters has a theme. And the Corey Ten Boom one is on forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Very powerful. Very, my husband has seen me do that many times, and he still cries at the end. Hi, thank you for joining us here on the Locala Podcast. I'm your host today, Taylor Strickland, and I am here with our very special guest, Dee Collier. Hi, Dee. Hi, thank you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? I am a native Floridian, third generation native Floridian. Uh, Grew up in the Fort Pierce area. We've been in Ocala about 48 years. Uh, Quite a long time. Love love Ocala very much. And I was a uh, former elementary school teacher. I loved teaching school. Matter of fact, I loved education so much growing up. I would uh, even line up my dolls and my stuffed animals and teach them whatever I had learned at school that day. Uh, Became a teacher for several years, and now I love the way that I am instructing people by uh, doing historical characterizations, becoming actual people from history and portraying that to other people. All the time I have people telling me things like, oh, I wish you'd been my teacher. I might have gotten an A in history. Yeah, that is really amazing. When you were teaching school in elementary school. Did you do special things for your students like this? Actually, I did. If they were to have a book report or do a special project, if they became a character and dressed up and stuff, I knew they were going to be learning more. So that I would give the kids extra credit for that. And I guess that just kind of was part of my life so much that uh, eventually when this opportunity came along, I did it myself. Was um, the history side of what you taught, because I know as an elementary school teacher, your responsibility is to make sure they have a good understanding of every subject. But were you particularly drawn to history? Well, yes. The last several years that I taught, uh, we did team teaching, and I taught um, the science, math, and history. And the other teacher taught the other the. English type skills. So, um, yes, the history was always my real love. Mm-hmm. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually thought about majoring in history in college, but I got drawn to elementary ed. I love kids. They both really feed into each other. Um, so, for your historical, I know you mentioned that you, uh, you're not a historical reenactor, you're a historical storyteller. You dress up as your characters, and are you in character the whole time? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and one of the funny things is when at the end, when I do ask for questions, I'll open it up for questions. Uh, sometimes, oh gosh, at least half the time, somebody will say, when did you die? I will go, I'm sorry, I am still alive. Would you care to feel my pulse? How do they respond to that? And they, they laugh and people will usually nudge them around. I'm like, she's still that person. <laughs> she's still alive. That is very cool. You know, as someone, I have to admit, I am a bit shy. So even as a teacher, I could not imagine standing in front of students and acting in character. Was that something that you had to get over or did it just come naturally? It just came naturally. A a performer born. Absolutely. I love drama Mm -hmm. and am in plays uh, from time to time. Thoroughly enjoy it from the time I was a kid. 
Oh, that makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense. So, so the two kind of melded, mm-hmm. the the drama, the love of history, all kind of came together. Mm-hmm. So when was the idea specifically for uh, historical characters born? Oh, my goodness. Uh, at least probably 13, 14 years ago, I was in a play mm-hmm. with a, a friend, and she teaches AP European history at one of our high schools. And she was bemoaning the fact that the AP kids will have to take their test earlier in the year. And so she's not going to teach them anything at that point. So she asked me, she says, why don't you dress up and pretend you're somebody from World War II and come to my class? Uh, And I have done her classes every year since then. She asked, I said, well, first of all, I know quite a bit about Corey Ten Boom, the Holocaust survivor. Would that be okay? And she said, oh, sure, that's fine. And I've done Corey Ten Boom, and I've done Florence Nightingale mm-hmm. for her classes. And, and um, oh, I don't know, maybe about six or seven years ago, she said, you know, they're not tested on Corey Ten Boom, but they are tested on Dietrich Bonhoeffer. How about if you come— before they have to take their test and you be his twin sister. And I went, oh, he had a twin sister? (laughs) I didn't even know that. Mm -hmm. But that's one of the things that I've really loved about doing this is when I do the research, which takes a very long time, um, I find out all kinds of things. And I really love to find out little nuggets about these people that Mm -hmm. obviously a history book is not going to give you. Uh, and people probably don't know about it. Mm-hmm. So I've done uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's twin sister, Sabina, several years for her and for many other groups, too. That's really—it's a really good way to get children and other people to connect to someone who really just seems like a name in a page or on a page. Not only that, but I, I usually—for the most part, the women that I portray, and I'm getting ready to work on number 26 in just a few weeks. Um, so the women that I portray, for the most part, are people who have overcome huge issues in their life. I mentioned Florence Nightingale a few minutes ago. Florence Nightingale— was a nurse. We will. Oh, yeah, she was a nurse, kind of started the nursing profession. Well, before she became a nurse, the only people who were nurses were a drunk prostitute who came before a judge and had the choice of either going to jail or working in a hospital. And so you can imagine what the conditions in hospitals were like. Oh, yeah. So I, I let that be known to people, and um, I love seeing their reaction on their faces when they realize that there's something similar in these people's lives that's in their own life of, of being able to overcome difficulties, being able to overcome the world being against you, that clicking, that that recognition, that connection with people is just really exciting. And I can read their faces and see that. And I think that sparks me on quite a bit, too. Do you think, when you look at them, do you think the response is overall positive? Oh, yes. Now, Mm -hmm. my qualification for doing a good job is if I'm doing a senior citizens group and it's after lunch and nobody falls asleep. Oh, that's great. I guess that would be anyone's qualification of a good job. So, for the characters, it's some of them's by request, but is it mostly those you have an affinity for or you're drawn to? Yes, I really do not only have to have uh, an affinity for them. Sometimes mm-hmm. I just keep hearing 
a name. And I go, well, maybe I can investigate that. That's what happened with this one that I'm getting ready to um, delve into in a couple of weeks. And that's Rosie the Riveter. Oh, wow. I thought she was just a symbol of the women during World War II who went to work in the factories because all the men were away at the war. Mm -hmm. She was a real person. Oh, wow. I've only ever seen her on the tins. You know, she's yeah, like right. Yeah. And I, I already have my costume. That's I have exciting. that outfit with the red bandana, and and um, I got the little name tag that says Rosie. So this is a bit of an exclusive <laughs> yes. of an upcoming character. Yes. That is really, really amazing. So obviously there was a good response um, in terms of like your professional life, but how— did people in your personal life respond? Were they like, Dee, that's so crazy. How are you going to do this? I don't think anybody actually said that. They may have thought it, oh. but they didn't say it. Mm -hmm. My husband is very, very supportive. Mm -hmm. He encourages me. And even though he's not into drama himself, he does have a couple of uh, costumes that are the husband of these people. And occasionally he's able to go and introduce me. He has a, a George Washington costume. Mm -hmm. He also has an Al Capone costume. Um, and he has a Viking costume. I think that's all. And he, uh, if he's able to, of course, he works full-time as a CPA, so <laughs> kind of busy. Uh, but he will go and introduce me as those uh, characters. How many people can say their CPA moonlights as, yes. <laughs> as, a, as Viking. a Viking? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you mentioned before, um, and you mentioned her name, one of your favorite uh, character or historical figures to reenact is Corey Tinboom. That's the one that you keep returning to. That's the one that you have a particular affinity for. I do. She was an amazing woman. Mm -hmm. She and her family were Christians, but yet they hid over 700 Jews and Jewish sympathizers mm -hmm. during World War II. They uh, had a, a special wall built in Corey's bedroom with a panel at the bottom of it. And whenever they had, a, they would have like a four or five guests, they called their Jews that were hiding from the Nazis. And if um, the Germans came into her father's watch shop on the bottom floor, then, you know, somebody would push a buzzer that only sounded upstairs, and the guest would have to go get into, they called it the angel room, mm -hmm. and hide there until the Germans were gone. Wow. They eventually were caught and ended up in a concentration camp. Her father died there. Her sister died there. Corey held so much hatred for the Nazis. He didn't understand why she ended up being released. It was a clerical error, she found out later. But she learned to forgive them. Mm -hmm. And she went all over the world telling her story and helping other people to forgive others. And that's every one of my characters has a theme. And the Corey Ten Boom one is on forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Very powerful. Very. My husband has seen me do that many times, and he still cries at the end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you sort of continued her story. Because yes. I know we talked about a little bit before the camera started rolling. Um, lots of people today are... Well, not lots of people, but some people deny the Holocaust even existed. And I feel like someone like you who brings these characters to life is a reminder that 
we did exist. These struggles happened, and they're very real, and I would like to convey them to you in a relevant way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's you, a good way to put it. Yeah. Do you feel you help in that way? Do you feel like people come away with that lesson and understanding that this were re- these were real people, like that you bring them to life for them? That is true. Do you ever had anyone come up to you and say that? Well, I have fooled several people. Oh. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I was doing a senior citizens group one time as Fanny Crosby, a blind poet mm-hmm. who wrote a lot of the old hymns of the church. And um, so I have to have somebody, because I play a blind poet, I have someone lead me in and lead me out. And <laughs> afterwards, um, the person who was leading me out led me out a door, like an outside door, and the audience could see that. And there were steps to go down and out to where I was changing clothes. And the person just led me to the door and then turned around and went back. One of the ladies came up to him and said, why did you lead that blind lady outside? She can't find her way around. They were looking out for you. Yes, they were. That's great, though. That speaks to your acting skills. I hope so. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure they're very impressive. I've not yet had the chance to see them, but I'm sure they are. Um, but back to Corey Ten Boom a little bit. Is there anything about her life that speaks to you personally differently than the other ones, or is it just because she was the first? Or one of the first. Well, she was the very first one I portrayed, mm-hmm. and I guess I always have a, a warm spot in my heart. And people keep asking for her over and over. Um, and I think that when I'm able to portray her and them see that if she was able to forgive the horrors that the Nazis did and her own family members died because of it, maybe they can as well. And when I portray this to schools, that's what I want these kids to realize, that even though you have former enemies, you can learn to get along. That's something schools, I think, would really like for their kids, especially nowadays, with things Absolutely. being so tumultuous to be taught to them. Mm-hmm. What was that first performance like? I was scared to death. Oh. I taught elementary, and these were high school kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a little intimidated by them. But as I got going, I realized that uh, these kids needed to hear it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that kind of spurs me on is people need to hear about these lives. These were incredible people that they didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And they are um, they were real, and they had the same difficulties that we do today. Mm-hmm. And they overcame them. So maybe other people can as well. Is it schools that you frequent the most? Uh, probably not, because I do civic clubs and um, senior. Um, ci- I do a lot of senior citizens luncheons. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I'm uh, after I finish here today. I'm doing a senior citizens luncheon down in Bushnell, and this is, I think, the fourth year they've asked me to come back. Oh, and today I'm doing Annie Sullivan, Helen Keller's teacher. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, so I had to learn a little bit of sign language to mm-hmm. be able to, to do this. Mm-hmm. And I really do love learning new skills and being able to make it just as real as possible for mm-hmm. people. That gives us like a unique moment. So when you leave here, what is character preparation like? 
Well, all the way down to Bushnell, mm-hmm. I will be going over my lines mm-hmm. to make sure that I have them. I, I, I mean, I know it, but I just like to review it. And then uh, when I get there and get in costume, I like to sit and um, get my accent. She had a slight Irish accent. Okay. So um, I get into character. I think about it. I think about what I want to get across to people. Mm-hmm. And that is determination to find the key to unlock someone's mind as an educator. Mm-hmm. And that's what Annie Sullivan did. She didn't give up. She kept trying until she found exactly what Helen Keller needed. And obviously, that made such a difference in the whole world. Yeah. It's also really nice. I know Annie Sullivan. Uh, we have, I think we have videos of her and Helen. Mm-hmm. Some that you can review. Yes. Which brings me to my next uh, question. So when it comes to you know the minutia of researching these characters, how deep do you go? Well, I usually do about a 30-minute monologue mm-hmm. is basically what these are. And um, I will—I I find a lot more than I actually use. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have, go with books and YouTube and Wikipedia and anything that I can find uh, about the person. And I compile them in different categories— and then I decide, well, what would the audience like to hear about? Yeah. And I do, even with Corey Ten Boom, and as horrible as the, and difficult as her life was, I try to add some humor mm-hmm. everywhere in each character because people like to laugh. Oh, that's a good point. Some of these people have lived pretty terrible lives. Do you have to? You have to. I would presume you have to edit yourself depending oh, yes. on your audience. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Some. I'm sure elementary schools or even middle and high schools would not want to hear the gory details. No, and elementary schools are the ones that when I open it up for questions at the end, I never know what questions I'm going to get from elementary kids. I was doing Martha Washington for a group of uh, fifth graders one time, and at the end they were saying, well, did you have any pets? Now, I knew George had hunting dogs, so I was uh, telling them about that. And they said, well, did you have a favorite? I'm going, okay, I'm just going to have to make this up as I go (laughs) along. And I said, well, and I had told them about the sheep because they had sheep at Mount Vernon, and they sheared them twice a year. So I said, well, any time that we would shear the sheep, there was this one little lamb that he he would just be shivering, and we just called him Shivers. Well, what happened to Shivers? And I said, I get my handkerchief. Remember how I told you that the British came and they took all of our livestock and all of our crops? And they're going, the British took Shivers? No! (laughs) The teachers were howling. That's what, bringing it back, though, to the main point. Yes, Mm -hmm. so they they were so—it was really funny. So I'm telling my husband about it that night at dinner, and he says, you do realize that's the only thing they're going to remember. And they're going to go home going, Mom, the British took shivers. Yes, but they'll know that it was the yeah. British. That's yeah. the important part. We, we brought the lesson back. That's where being a teacher comes in. You yeah. always—you have to redirect the class. Absolutely. This is the main point. Um, have you ever had anyone 
respond negatively? Actually, I did. I, I portray Mrs. Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And that's a shorter one because there's really not very much about her, obviously. We all forget about yes, Mrs. Right. Claus. Poor Mrs. Claus. And I was doing her this past December quite a few times in one place in a town that's not too far from here. Uh, I I always had this naughty and nice list. Mm-hmm. And I generally would ask somebody, can I put you on the naughty list before I do it? Well, I only knew one name in the group, and that was my contact person. And I hadn't had a chance to ask her. She was very busy, so I didn't ask her. But I figured everybody's like, oh, sure, you know, they think that's fun and funny. Well, I said something about her being on the naughty list, but it wasn't too late. She could still get on the nice list. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, she excoriated me for putting her on the naughty list. And I was telling somebody about it later, and they said, well, she probably— Needs to be on the naughty list. An adult woman? An adult woman. I'm a fictitious character with a fictitious list. And she laid into me. That's also so wild to think about. Out of all of the historical figures you have, infamous and famous, and that's what what made someone upset. That's crazy. Exactly. Wow. By the way, speaking of this, you gave me this wonderful list of all your costumes. And I can see that they are very different from each other. Where do you get them? Do you make them yourself? The costumes? Yeah. If I can purchase them online, I will. Mm -hmm. But if I can't find them, I I make them myself. Wow. Yeah. I love to sew. It just that it takes a lot of time to do the preparation for all this. And I would prefer not to have to make them. But I made my Martha Washington costume and... um, Rachel Walker Revere and Fanny Crosby. I wanted something very authentic, like late 1800s, you know, with the high collar and the buttons down the front. And so I got a pattern online to make it. And it said on there to make 23 buttons and buttonholes. No. So I just did Velcro underneath and sewed the buttons on top. You So you have to be pretty industrious when it comes to, not just costuming, but I suppose the rest of it as well. I try to be. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you are. Um, in terms of uh, historical characterization and historical reenactment, uh, where would you like to see your business and your involvement in that move forward? I did 109 characterizations last year. Wow! So um, moving forward, mm-hmm. I, I just want to bring history to life for whoever I can. I go to schools and churches and nursing homes and civic groups and um, senior luncheons and all kinds of things, and I thoroughly enjoy wherever I am. So I just take each individual time and and enjoy that particular moment with those people. Uh, Have you ever collabed with anyone? Is there any sort of collaboration, or are you aware of any other historical reenactors? I know around? there are some. Here? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, somebody, I know that there's somebody who portrays Betsy Ross, okay. and they get me mixed up with her. Oh, when you did Betsy Ross. I don't do Betsy Ross. <laughs> I do Martha Washington. Oh, wow. But, um, mm-hmm. yes. And then there's a lady. I don't know if she still does it. She lived uh, down in um, Leesburg or Mount Dora. Mm-hmm. 
And I saw her do a portrayal one time. She was wonderful, but I had heard that she was getting up in years and wasn't able to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I've heard uh, recently they're they're attempting down in the historical district. We're actually pretty close to it. That they're attempting to make um, more historical tours, like walking mm-hmm. tours and things like that. Would that be something you're interested in? Probably not, mm-hmm. because I really like telling the story. Oh, yes, not just giving the tour. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, because I was recently, I was up in Washington, and they had one of those historical walking tours, but they didn't walk with you. There were people who were, like, constantly acting on Mm -hmm. the sidewalks and things like that, so that when I was first introduced to what you do, that's what I was thinking of. What's the difference between what you do and what they do? Like, how do you present the story? Well, with mine, it's like a 30-minute monologue, generally. Okay. And with them, they're like in and out, and they're Mm -hmm. reacting with other people Mm -hmm. and stuff. And they're great. Like in Williamsburg, Mm -hmm. they have people that do that. That's exactly what I was talking about. That's where I was. Yes, yes. Yes, I love that, and Mm -hmm. that's fabulous. Any time that you can make history come alive for people, I think that's extremely important, which is what I call my website, makehistorycomealive.com. Oh, great. What can people find on your website? They can find a list of the characters, mm-hmm. most of the characters. There are a couple of characters that I did for specific things that I really don't—I haven't portrayed except for that one time. Like my elementary school, for their 100th anniversary, I portrayed me as a sixth grader. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nobody else would be interested in that. And then for some other groups I have. But— um, They'll find the list of my characters. They'll find my contact information. Mm -hmm. And uh, they'll also find, I think there's a couple of video snippets. And there's letters of recommendations from Mm -hmm. people who have uh, seen me portray these characters and uh, have written me really nice letters about it. Oh, that's so nice. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that there has been such an outpouring of appreciation for what you do. I feel like educators in particular but especially people who are in the arts and things like that or are doing anything new and different, so many times their work goes unappreciated. So I'm glad that that's not true for you. Yeah, they have. Mm-hmm. They've been very, very kind. What's your sweet spot in terms of reenactment? Whatever. I, I've never—the I, only time that I turn people down is if I'm already booked mm-hmm. or if there's um, two—well, I've been to the Atlanta area— Mm-hmm. And to Fort Pierce, that's probably my biggest spread of where I, I go. Of course, mm-hmm. I have grandchildren in the Atlanta area, and I get to visit them at the same time. Oh, nice. Yes. What do they think of what you do? Um, not not all of them have seen me do things. But it I've, I've, uh, depends on what age they were mm-hmm. when I got started. Some of them were already in high school, so um, I— let them them. know. I know. I let them know. I'd be glad to come to their class, and they let their teachers know. But Mm -hmm. it's kind of a hard thing if you're not familiar with a person. If you don't, you don't Mm -hmm. want just anybody coming into your classroom. Mm -hmm. You might think this is really. They might not be very good and not worth the time. Oh yeah, and you also do you have to do you just field it with the teachers, or do you have to go through you have the principal and like the school and everything? Well, usually a teacher will request to the principal, mm-hmm. and then I have to be approved by the county school board. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been rejected? No. Okay. Good. <laughs> no. <laughs> good. Just making sure no one has it out for you. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask you before we depart is when. 
we portray historical figures or we talk about the past, um, I feel like a lot of people have a duty to tell the story as authentically as possible. Has there ever been a time where you felt concerned or pressured about the people you were presenting or? No, not mm -hmm. really. You mean like if they had uh, descendants in the audience and they felt like I wasn't telling the yes, truth? Yes, that, things like that. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, that's mm -hmm. one reason I do Lizzie Jane, I call her. Mm -hmm. She's a compilation of women living in Marion County in the late 1800s. Mm -hmm. When I would do, go to schools and do Martha Washington for fifth graders, the fourth grade teachers said, do you have anybody from Florida? So then I developed this character that I call Lizzie Jane, named for my two grandparents. Grandmothers, mm -hmm. and so I was in my research. I really couldn't find enough about one woman living in Marion County at that era. So I make a, a compilation, mm -hmm. and I tell stories, little stories of Marion County, including uh, the fire of eighteen eighty-three. I definitely wanted to put that in because most people don't even know why we're called Brick City. I don't. Well, you have to come to one of my presentations. I, Lizzie listen, Jane. listen, I will. If you notify me, I'll, or I will look it up and okay. post it on any okay. sort of page, I will make sure I'm there to learn about Lizzie Jane. All right, Lizzie Jane is she's one of my favorites because she gets a lot of humor. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of humor involved with that. But so the compilation kind of gave me an out because I didn't want to be doing the presentation and have somebody in the audience going, oh, "That was my great grandmother," and that's not really what happened. Um. Act Yes, no one ever right. raising their hand saying, um, actually, that's not how that happened. No, no. So mm -hmm. that's why I do the compilation, and I tell lots of different stories about different people, but I make it like it's me. That's nice. It's very creative. Huh. I think the only one I really know, I don't know about anyone around Ocala other than, this isn't even close to Ocala, but it's Lady Wrote the Yearling. Right, Marjorie Kennan Rawlings. Yes. And there is a lady who portrays her. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's wonderful. I saw her at the... Um, Dunellen Library one time, uh -huh. years ago, when I was first starting to do these characters. Mm -hmm. And with her, she had to have read all of Marjorie Kennan Rawlings' works because people ask her questions. And she stayed in character, too. Like somebody said, are your books available on a Kindle? And she said, what's a Kindle? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. I suppose if you do just one that leaves the opportunity to be so in-depth. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like you get to specialize. Right. So people can find you on your website, which is? MakeHistoryComeAlive.com. Okay, very nice. Thank you, Dee, for talking You're with us welcome. today. It's it has a been It really has been such thank a pleasure. You. I love what you do, and I love learning about thank what you. you do. Thank you. And thank you all for staying with us and listening to Dee Collier and all of her stories about her historical characterizations. Um, once again, uh, here on the Ocala podcast, I am Taylor Strickland. This is Dee Collier. You can visit us at our website at localamag.com for more stories. And if you enjoyed this today, please like and subscribe or leave a comment when it is available. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Locala podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead, like, share, and download. Your support is truly appreciated.